Coming up. Too often we make decisions based upon a relationship on earth that's not eternal. And it affects our eternity negatively. So when you understand that the closest earthly relationship you can have is not an eternal one, it puts it in its proper perspective. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Have you ever made an important decision in your life based on something you later learned was untrue? Join us for the message where Pastor Rob discusses the different ways we can live in error and how to avoid them. Here's part two of the message, Living in Error. See, write this down. We will believe if we don't know if we if we don't know the truth or know the scriptures, we will believe the lies of the devil. We'll believe the lies of the devil. John 8 44 says, When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and a father and the father of it. So the devil is a liar and the father of lies. One big thing here I want you to take note of is he got resources. The devil has resources that supports his lies. Get that. <laughs> when a lie comes your way, it don't come by itself. It comes resourced. Falsehoods come with resources. So you think you, you punched it and, it's, and the lie is gone. No, it's coming back. It's supported. That's why we got to stand so strong and fight so hard for truth. Number three, we live in error when we don't know the power of God. Write that down. We don't know the power of God. Mark 12, 24 says, Jesus replied, are you not in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God? And not knowing the power of God uh, will cause us, when we don't know the power of God, A, uh, we won't understand or accept salvation. We won't understand or accept salvation. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So Paul here says in this letter that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So in regards to these Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection, then they don't believe really in salvation. They believe that there's no way you can be resurrected. So they are ignorant of God's power to resurrect. I'm wondering if there are some areas in your life that you have surrendered to the lie that God can't resurrect whatever that might be in your life that you have deemed dead. It might be a relationship. 
it might be that you feel like, okay, I'm past that point of being effective in my life. It can be a whole bunch of stuff that you have just accepted the death of when God has the power to resurrect it. Your career, God has the power. In relation to these Sadducees, since they didn't believe in the power of God, then they didn't believe in resurrection. Because they didn't believe God had the power to do that. They didn't, in essence, as I said, didn't believe in salvation. Because we're really saved in three forms. In three forms we're saved. This is not on your paper, but you, can, you might want to write this down. We're saved first from the penalty of sin. We're saved from the penalty of, the sin, of sin. Christ took care of that on the cross. That's past tense. That's past tense. We've been saved from the penalty of sin. The present tense, in the present, right now, this very moment, we are being saved from the power of sin. From the power of sin. Meaning that God is equipping us to not sin. When temptation comes, God is empowering us to overpower the temptation to sin. Right now. And lastly, our salvation will be complete when we are saved from the very presence of sin. Saved from the presence of sin. That means... What happened in the garden gets undone. Everything that came when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden gets renewed. And we know evil came. So in the future, we'll be saved from evil, calamity, or anything that's not good. Anything that's not good. In the, in the future, no more backaches. No more headaches. You know, all of that stuff that's not good, no more. The Bible says no more tears. All over again, we'll be saved from the very presence. We'll be out of the presence of evil or bad or anything that's not good. Because God has the power to do that. So he told them they don't know the scriptures, nor do they know the power of God. How familiar are you with the power of God? Number four, write this down. We live in error also when we don't understand the marriage relationship. The marriage relationship. A. We need to understand that earthly marriages are not eternal. Earthly marriages are not eternal. I know that might have jacked you up, you know. <laughs> you heard a lot of songs, you know. Uh, what was that heat wave song? Always and forever. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> All right. I, I, I know it sounds good, it, you know, and all that. It don't align with scripture, though. Okay. Look here what the text says. Uh, Mark 12, 25. 
Uh, Jesus says, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like angels in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get, get, get this now. I know we say it in our weddings and we get it on cards and all that. It, it, marriage ain't forever. Okay? Your, your earthly marriage is not forever. And that's beneficial if you get that in your spirit now. Because that's my sister, not just my wife. And the more I understand that this is my sister, not just my wife, I can deal with some stuff a little bit better. Some, 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 some of us, when really, if you got down to it, if you shared your real heart, some married folk, if they shared their real heart, they, when they, if they died before their spouse, they didn't want their spouse to get with nobody else. That's my wife. That's if they share their real heart. That's how some people feel. It's like, you know. But it, since I know that in the next life, we ain't going to be married anyway. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know the devil and his resources have been telling us our whole life that marriage is marriage forever. It ain't. The Bible says it ain't. He says over there, they, ain't nobody going to be given in marriage. You won't be given in marriage over there. <laughs> so get into your spirit now. This is my sister. We, we, we live in life together to help us get through this better. Right. Now, you, you see they gave that long story about the seven brothers, right? And they, they said, I got you. Jesus said, no, you don't got me. You, you are ignorant. You, you, you believe in a lie. They say, they asked him, well, whose wife she going to be? Ain't going to be nobody's wife. I mean, that's what he was trying to tell them. There's not, they're not given in marriage on the other side. The, the only thing that you, the only marriage you need to be concerned about that's real now and will be real later is B on your paper. Write this down. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. Now that marriage will be real on the other side. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself. Notice that the text is calling the church a her. Brothers, I hope you're all right with that. <laughs> okay. The church is a her. Okay. And he goes on, he says, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. 
And so the text is showing us that we really are married as the church. And as part of the church, you are married to the Lord. That is your bonding relationship. And you're that now, and you will be that then. And he's going to, that's why he's cleaning us up. And he's going to present you to himself. So the heat wave lied. They lied. They lied. Number five, write this down. We live in error when we don't understand that God is the God of the living. Mark 26 and 12, 26 and 27 says, Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the, in the account of the burning bush, how God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. So he said to them, they were, they were supposed to be familiar with the text of the book of Moses. He said, haven't you read that? It says that God spoke to Moses out of the bush and says, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Jacob. Of, of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. He didn't say, I used to be, or I was the God of Abraham, or I was the God of Isaac, or I was the God of Jacob. He said, I am. And this was years after those folks had died. That God is telling Moses, I am their God. And the one who lived the greatest life of all time says, you are way, way off base. I don't know about y'all. I don't want to be over there. I don't want to be way, way off base on anything. I want to know the truth. And there's been so many times in my life I've been way way off base. I don't plan to go back there. I don't want to live in error. I don't want to live on falsehoods. 1 John 5.13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So while Jesus tells him that them that he's not the God of the dead, this passage assures us that we have eternal life right now. It's not something we're waiting for. We have eternal life now. Because he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And we have eternal life. Because we've accepted Christ, his son. And we believe in the name of Jesus, his son. So we just looked at five Ways we can live in error. Y'all know there are thousands more. <laughs> but these are some good, good ones to take to heart. To correct the others that we didn't mention today. That always keep in mind there's life after death. Okay. 
Keep that, keep that in front of you. Keep in front of you that you need to know the scriptures. <laughs> keep that in front of you. Keep in front of you that you need to know the power of God. Keep that in front of you. Keep also in front of you that the closest earthly relationship you can have is not an eternal one. It's not forever, even though it's the closest earth relationship you can have. It's not forever. What that does, it gives preeminence to your relationship to God over all your relationships because that's the one that's eternal. Too often we make decisions based upon a relationship on earth that's not eternal and it affects our eternity negatively. So when you understand that the closest earthly relationship you can have is not an eternal one, it puts it in its proper perspective. So I'm going to do what God tell me to do, not what whoever else tell me to do. Right? And then we need to understand, lastly, that God is the God of the living, not the dead. And that gives us hope. It gives us hope to see others that have died in Christ. It gives us hope about our life. It helps, lets us know that, you know, though I leave this earthly house, I'm not dying. I'm alive. I go from life to life. Right? I'm alive now. And now I just want to live out my eternal life in my temporal body. That's what I'm pressing to do. I want, I, for too long I've lived out a temporal life in my temporal body. I want to now live out an eternal life in my temporal body. I want to speak eternal words through my temporal mouth. I want to think eternal thoughts through my temporal mind. I want to praise an eternal God with my temporal hands. I want to praise an eternal God with my temporal voice. And that lays treasure in heaven for me. And so I can know if I do that, when I get to the other side, I won't be bankrupt spiritually because I've laid up treasures in heaven. Okay. When I get to the other side and I, I go to the eternal bank, I, I want to have access, number one. <laughs> Next, I want there to be something in my account. Right? I don't want to be like, in, you know, if there was, you know, it won't be. But if there was, you know, that li one of those lines in, in heaven where, you know, you like, can I get some bread kind of line. <laughs> If there was one, I don't want to be, you know, I, I want to be, I want to go in and know that I put a bunch of stuff here. Not for my sake, but for the sake of the glory of God. And I add it to the glory of God by the way I live in my temporal body. Amen. Don't live, don't live in error. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. 
Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. We got to be get prepared for opportunity when it comes. I like to tell young people, and I've said this before, that you always want to keep yourself in position where somebody can help you. Always, you want to do that. So, um, so when somebody says, hey, I'd like to help you, you don't want to be like, uh, I got this, this thing, this issue going on. Thank you for listening.